The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Well, good morning. It is great to be with you as we continue on in our Fruit of the Spirit uh, series. And uh, through many different seasons as a pastor, whether I was a youth pastor or a church planner, I preached week to week. So it's been a little bit for me. So I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. It could be the caffeine. But uh, give me just a second here. I'm just uh, picturing you all in your underwear. Um, so we're not streaming to the chapel, right? Not yet? We're good? Okay. Um, anyways, great to be with you today. I'll get in trouble for that. Um, but we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. You've heard Pastor Adam talk about it. You've heard Pastor Rob talk about it. What we believe in these nine keys to a virtuous life, what we believe in these nine different fruit of the Spirit, that they're not just like one or the other. You're not patience, patient sometimes, or, or you're not kind once in a while, but when you allow the Spirit of God to move in your life, that these are yours for the taking. He is going to do these things in your life. You know, it's, it's not just, maybe I have joy every 21 years when the Mariners seem to be all right, right? I mean, even though they lost two in a row. Um, you know, it, God's Spirit is, want, is doing this in your life, and the question is, are you surrendered to what he wants to do? And so let's jump into Galatians 5, chapter 22. You've heard this many different times. Excuse me, 5, verse 22. And it is this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And we read that and we go, oh, that is so great. That is so nice. But I think it's helpful to understand why Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia in the first place. This is a letter of confrontation. He does not like what he's seeing. He does not like what's happening, which is there are preachers that are coming in after him and adding things to the gospel of Jesus. So they would take old Jewish rituals and say, well, if you really want to be a Christian, you need to do this physical ritual. Yeah, 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 God may have transformed you and you might have been baptized, but do this ritual in order to be included in God's life and, 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 and in God's family. And Paul is being combative. He is challenging them and he is saying, no, 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 no. If you want to know what the evidence of God's, evidence of God's spirit moving in your life, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, goodness. I think I said that maybe. Against such things, there is no law. So as we even jump into that, when we have that in mind, I want us to start on verse 16 in chapter 5. You'll see what Paul is talking about, and he even gives us a list of what it looks like when we are surrendered to the flesh, and a list of what it looks like when we're surrendered to God's Spirit. So he says this, verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. He says this. Now this is the list. 
This is the evidence of your flesh taking over, your sin taking over. He says this in verse 19. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's really challenging them. He's saying, does your life look like this? And then he jumps into the fruit of the Spirit. He's saying, does your life look like this? He's saying, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then he wraps it up by saying, and those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. He is saying, if you're in Jesus, if you're found in Jesus, here's the proof. Does your life look like this? Because if it doesn't, Maybe you're relying upon your flesh. And it's a challenging statement, right? If we just look at 22 and 23, we're like, hey, I might have one of those. I was kind once. I was good once. I'm patient when I don't need to be patient. Like, I, I, I think I identify that, but man, and we look at the other list and we're like, it's been a while since I practiced sorcery. <laughs> so, you know, an idolatry, I don't really do that, but envy uh, let's skip to the next one. Jealousy, uh, drunkenness, just on my birthdays and when I have friends over, and I'm confident that I don't have to drive anywhere. How does our life compare to these lists? Is, this, or is there evidence of the work of your flesh, of sin, the enemy of your heart in your life, or do you have evidence of the Holy Spirit moving in you? And we're going to talk today about kindness. Now, kindness, I was talking with Pastor Adam. He goes, man, kindness was one of the topics I thought I'd like to avoid that one. Mostly because, like, kindness, goodness, gentleness, like, it all kind of, like, wraps itself up. And, and in the English language, kindness is not a great description of what Paul is trying to say. So we'll dive into that a little bit. But I, I want to talk first before we dive into what really what he means by kindness. Let's dive into what kindness is not. Okay, so first thing, kindness is not merely politeness or good manners or civility. It's not just kind of being a nice person once in a while. It's not how when it's easy, like, I just am, like, I'm, I'm not a bother to be around. Paul is kind of, is calling us to a greater standard. I mean, regardless what I thought in the 80s and 90s, kindness is not merely rewinding the VHS tape, right? Right? So students, a VHS tape is this plastic device with tape in it, and you put it in, and it would literally get to the end of the movie, and then you'd have to rewind. And, and Blockbuster and other places would hassle you if you didn't rewind it all the way back. So they told you, man, it is kind to rewind. You guys missed a great season of life. It wasn't a great on like a Friday to walk into a, a movie rental place and be like, I can rent any of these. And your parents were like, you can rent these four. And you're like, okay, I, we can watch these four. But, but really, right, that's not what kindness is. It's not just rewinding 
the VHS tape. Kindness is this, and we're going to start we're going to start with kind of a basic list here. This is what kindness is. This is the dic- dictionary definition as we look at kindness. It is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Like, oh, that's not bad. That's, again, not really what Paul is saying. Next thing, I started looking through some biblical definitions. The next one would be kindness is honesty, respectability, or worthiness. But that also isn't really driving down to what Paul is saying. Another definition, a deeper definition, is is an attribute of God, but not consistently found in humans. It's interesting. Then I kind of compiled a bunch of different resources, and this is what I put together. Kindness is serving others in humility and gentleness through laying down individual rights and personal power. So let's read that again. And doesn't that kind of sound like somebody? Kindness is serving others in humility and gentleness through laying down individual rights and personal power. Kind of sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? That is what, that is the standard Paul is calling us to. And so I started kind of investigating this. And the word that Paul uses in the Greek when he writes this, this letter to the church in Galatia is Christostis. Okay, that's my best enunciation, Christostis. Okay, and, and Christostis is a verb of God's people, like God's people are being kind, right? A verb of God's people as they respond to God's kindness. It's man mimicking the character of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying, if the Spirit of God is moving in your life, here's an evidence. You are working in response to God's kindness, as you mimic his character. And the root of Christostis is the word krestos. Okay, and this is an adjective describing God's kindness displayed in salvation. Not simply what God does momentarily or one aspect of his character, but who God is. God just isn't loving, sometimes God is love. God isn't gracious when we need it. God is grace. It is who he is. It's not something he feels like doing once in a while. It's the same thing with kindness. This is a description of God. And so Paul uses... Paul uses the word Christostis in Galatians 5.22, saying, hey, if the Spirit of God is working in your life, here is your response. Here is the evidence. This comes out of you as you mimic the character of God. Because when we look at Jesus, when we look at that root word Christosis, which Paul uses in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, which we'll get to in just a second, he is saying, he's saying you are viewing what God is doing. This is who God is. You experience his kindness, and you respond. You act. Not just think about being kinder or being nicer or trying not to yell at somebody. But this is what it looks like when you reflect on what God has done for you and you respond. Right? But kindness is difficult. Kindness is difficult. I I asked this week... On social media, I was working on my sermon. I like to do this once in a while just to get not necessarily what is always the right answer, but when people think of a word, what do they think of? And so I asked people, why was it so difficult to be kind? I put this on Facebook. 
So students, Facebook is a social media platform that your parents think is cool. It's not been cool for a long time, but we still use it, okay? I put it on Facebook, so I'm guilty, okay. But some people don't want to be kind because it feels like weakness. Some people don't want to be kind because others aren't kind to them. Somebody said, hangry. It's like, that's a pretty good description when I'm hungry and angry at the same time. Someone said, man, when someone's not kind to me and I am unkind in return, it feels like I get a little bit of a revenge. Even when, like, somebody's, somebody cots me off or is rude to me on my commute home, and then I get home and I'm grumpy with my dog or I'm grumpy with my spouse or I'm grumpy with others. It's like, well, I at least retaliated in some regard. Somebody put plainly, we're selfish. I think that's a good description. Or, you know, our own individual pain and torment gets in the way. We're stuck in our heads, and we don't realize often that we're being unkind. Someone said, when, if, I, if I have to be kind, I'm admitting my own pain. Kindness is difficult. Kindness isn't natural. It wasn't in the list of the works of the flesh. It's in the list of the fruit of the Spirit of God moving in your life. Listen to this, kindness is hard because it forces us to lay down our pain, frustrations, and wounds in order to serve other people. But this is not natural for us. This is not our immediate response. See, Paul here, let me, let me encourage you today. Paul is not saying you need to try to be kind. Hey, when you feel like being kind, be kind. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, surrender to the Spirit of God moving in your life and you will see yourself expressing his love and kindness to other people. We have to be kind. Like, it's a natural response when the Spirit of God moves in and through us. Paul is talking about the Spirit of God transforming you through his power, not your power, not your effort. The Spirit of God is transforming you, but, but kindness is difficult. And the problem with kindness is oftentimes you have a natural response. Like you're thinking like, okay, I'll be more kind, I'll be more kind. And then all of a sudden you open your mouth and you're like, that was harsh. At 19 years old, I was driving through um, a, a city late at night with a buddy of mine. And, and we're driving and we're at an intersection and there's no other traffic than us and a car in front of us. And we're both trying to turn left. And the car in front of us, and, and, and the light's not changing. And the car in front of us is about 30 feet from the white line. So I'm like, oh, okay, because I, I am an impatient driver. So I'm not preaching on patience, okay? But I'm sitting behind them, and I'm going, okay, you know, I don't think the sensor's catching you because you're so far back. And I start saying things with this friend of mine. And I'm, 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 I'm a pastoral intern at the church we're at at the time, and I'm saying things like, this idiot doesn't realize, and I go on this long rant, and finally I get so impatient, I pull around, and I go to get in a straight lane, and I'm like, I'll just take a left later on, and as I pass this car and I look over, it was my young life leaders from high school. And I immediately feel convicted, and they see me, I see them, I'm waving to them. I roll the window down, I'm like, hey, Eric and Abby, great to see you. And my friend, who is always honest, he goes, he was just talking poorly about you guys. 
And in that moment, I'm like, lie, 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 lie. And I just go, yeah. <laughs> and then I drove off. And I actually, I've never seen them since, and I've always wondered, like, oh, I wonder what, what they think of me. Right? It's not a natural response. Paul is calling us to this standard. He's calling us to view the love and grace of God. But what do we do with this? How do we get there? How do we get from you are kind to I act kind? What, what is in between that, Lord? Paul is asking, where does kindness lead us? Or that's what I'm asking this morning. Where does kindness lead us? And I want to go back to Romans 2.4. And this is key. I want you to listen to this. Paul actually is challenging the church in Rome. It's something he did pretty often. And uh, they're pretty proud of themselves. They think a lot of themselves. And this is what Paul writes. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Or that last phrase there, I love how it's, what it says in the ESV. It says, it says, don't you understand? Let me grab it here. It says that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. But here's the thing, we understand God leading us to repentance because we feel, feel shame and guilt. Right? Oh, God, I feel so terrible about all the things I've done. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And God's saying, my design is for you to view my kindness, my grace, my love, and my mercy and be driven to say, God, I, I surrender to you. I repent of the works of the flesh in my life. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. Again, those two Greek words, right? In essence, we're viewing God and all that he's done in Christos. And then we respond in Christos. This. We see what he's done and we respond, not because we buckle down and really try to be kind, but we are overwhelmed by the love and grace and kindness of Jesus that we don't have another way to respond. But you and I understand work. We understand earning things. But can I encourage you today to be driven to repentance? Repentance is a key discipline in our Christian walk. It is not something that happened to you at youth camp 40 years ago or four days ago. It's something that we need to do on the regular basis. And it's not shame and guilt and going, okay, God, I can't, I'm so sorry. It's saying, God, you have been so kind to me, so merciful to me every single day of my life. I surrender to you again. I surrender to you again. This is my main point this morning. I want you to hear this. It is this. A repentant heart cannot escape God's kindness. If that is a spiritual discipline in your life, you will encounter his kindness on a very regular basis. A repentant heart cannot escape God's kindness. And let's jump into these. Hear this this morning. First thing, God's kindness isn't conditional. Again, we think we can earn his kindness. We think we can earn his love and his grace. He is not harsh with you when you fail and kind to you when you live up to his standards. His kindness to you is not conditional. 
we were at a, our network conference for pastors, and, and the speaker was sharing a story that, that's really just stuck with me. There was somebody at their church that had been in a wheelchair for a very long time and had an accident like 20 years before, and they felt compelled, it was their staff or their board, to pray for his healing. And they're praying, and God, they feel like God's moving, but the guy doesn't walk. One of the women there started to weep and cry, and she told this man in the wheelchair, she said, I'm sorry I didn't have enough faith for you to be healed. And the profound statement by this man was this. Hey, if, you were, if you're willing to take the blame, you would have been willing to take the credit. So if we're willing to take all that blame and shame, it means that we think it depends on us. If it's always about how much of a failure you are and how miserable you are when you actually like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. You're going to be patting yourself on the back. God doesn't love you just because you said the right thing. When you were at your furthest point, and, and I'll be honest, maybe, maybe that furthest point for you is today. He's right here wanting to shower his love, his grace, and his forgiveness. Romans says this. Paul writes this in chapter 8. He says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is kind because that is who he is. He's not kind because you said the right things. Or, or when Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, he's saying, God doesn't love you. He's not kind just because you went through the right ritual. He loves you because that's who he is. He's kind to you because that's who he is. Next thing is this. Repentance must come next. If you've experienced God's kindness, his love, his grace, forgiveness... Repentance must come next. If you see his love and his mercy and you're like, oh, man, I'm doing awesome. I don't think you got it. I don't think you've understood it. The response should be repentance. Receive the love of God, remember his kindness, and you won't be able to stop yourself from repenting. You know, I definitely feel like right now, like our nation could use some repentance. Isn't it interesting with our previous president, those that support him would, would complain that other people were tearing him down and the other parties tearing him down, and now that things have switched around, don't we hear those sides that were complaining about it before now complaining about the new president? We think we have all the answers. We think if our guy's in, then God will be in control. I want to see revival in America, but hear me today. It has to start with repentance. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said, you can pray till doomsday for revival, but you will never get it without repentance and confession of sin in the Christian life. So if you want our nation to repent, let it start with you. If you want your spouse to repent, it should start with you. If, you. if you have a prodigal child that is far from God, pray your guts out for them, but your prayer better start with, Lord, forgive me. Help me love them as you love them. God, help me see them as you see them. Start with repentance. Ask God to transform your own life before you're asking him to transform others. 
And if you're going, hey, God, I'm good. Let's pray for other people. I just don't think you understand what he's doing and what he's done. You can pray till doomsday for revival, but you will never get it without repentance and confession of sin in the Christian life. The brother of Jesus, James, wrote this in his letter. He said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's pretty clear. Repentance must come next. Third thing is this. My response or lack thereof says everything. So if I respond in a God-honoring way or I don't respond at all, that really tells me about supposed step one and two. If we remember his kindness, repent, but don't act, it means nothing to us. It's irrelevant to me if you understand and comprehend this premise. It's irrelevant to me. If we don't change our actions... Are we surrendering ourselves to Jesus and what he is doing? Are we experiencing his kindness? Are we repenting? Again, following Jesus is not just like, I get it. Okay, God had a son. He came to earth. It was this transaction. I comprehend this idea. Are you experiencing it? Is it transforming you? Do you look different than your non-believing coworkers and friends? Look, I'm not here to bring shame and guilt, but let, I mean, let's just look at what Paul was saying. That list of the fruit of the Spirit. Do you look like that, or do you look more like the works of the flesh? We have to respond to God's kindness in a powerful way when we see what he's doing in and through us. We have to repent and then we have to change our actions if we've experienced. Not try harder, but surrender more. Hebrews 13, 16 says, do not, neglect, excuse me, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Romans 12, 1. Love this verse. Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We have to surrender to him. We have to respond to his kindness. We, and if, if you don't feel like you've experienced, pray that God would fill you with his love, kindness, and mercy. God, I, I need to experience your grace. Because a repentant heart cannot escape God's kindness. We have to repent. Stop trying and start repenting. Are we people of repentance? Or are we people of just trying to get by without feeling bad? I don't know where you're at today, but God does. 
Maybe you're online. You just got yourself out of bed just enough to pull it up on your phone, or maybe you're traveling. Whatever it is, God's mercies are new for you. His kindness is ready for you to experience. Are we people of repentance? Maybe you are a kind person, but maybe there's something else in your life you're not repenting of. And if the ways that you break God's heart isn't a big deal to you, again, I would ask you to invite God to show you his grace and his mercy, to show you his kindness so you can experience again. God, you are so holy. God, you are so good. I'm not. Forgive me for not surrendering to you. So as we close our time together this morning, ask yourself, what is God calling me to repent of? What is God calling you to repent of today? So we're going to close a couple different ways depending on where you are. If you're in the chapel um, this morning, can I just say it's, you're a blessing to this congregation. And we stand on your shoulders, and I love and appreciate you dearly. We are one church together, though we might be in different rooms. God is speaking to you this morning, and I invite you to respond. Your your host pastors are going to close you in prayer and and maybe a time of singing. Um, Do me a favor, fill out that connection card as you guys close, because we want to know what's on your heart. But I want to thank you personally for what you mean to this congregation and what God is doing in and through you. It is great to be a part of this church with you. And if you're online, I don't know where you are, it's great to have you. What is God calling you to do? You're so valuable to us. Put a comment in the chat. And our online host can respond if there's something you want prayer for or maybe just even like a little hand raise emoji to say, I need prayer. And that's great. We want to know how we can bless you and honor you. But I ask you as well to say, what do you need to repent of today? And here in the worship center, I want to invite our prayer team down. And we're not done yet, but hear me. We're going to close in a time of reflection. So you can grab that connection card and you can write on that connection card ways that we can respond or maybe you have a little note to write on the connection card and that's a reminder for you this week, whatever it means. Fill it out. You can drop it in the box. But I'm going to pray. Erica's just going to play piano and, and, and we're just going to take a quick moment just to rest in God's goodness. I'm going to ask you today, what is God saying to you? Don't miss this moment. How can you respond? So even as I pray, the prayer team's happy to pray with you, and they're happy to pray with you after service, and nobody's in a hurry. Could you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes with me for a moment. We're just going to take a brief time to reflect on all that God has done for us.
Jesus, you have been so faithful to us. Often when it seems like faithlessness, unfaithfulness is the actions we know. Lord, we thank you that your grace, your forgiveness, your love, your mercy, your kindness doesn't fail. Thank you, God, that you don't love us just because we act perfectly. Lord, we know that you wouldn't love us at all if it was dependent upon us. But it is dependent on your grace, your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, your faithfulness, your sacrifice, Lord, and your kindness. Lord, forgive us often just being easily distracted. And forgetting how good you've been to us. Lord, the song we sang earlier, where would we be without you? Where would we be without your love? We're amazed by all you've done. And our response, Jesus, is to give you thanks. Our response, Lord, we're reminded by your word that it is your kindness that leads us to our repentance. Move in us, do a work in us, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So our prayer team's here. They want to pray with you. We're not in a hurry. We'll be officially done here in just a moment. I encourage you not to rush out. Take some time with that connection card. Take some time to come and be prayed for. Because we know God's doing stuff in your heart. And we want to stand with you. We want to support you. We're excited to see how God is transforming your life. Let's remember his kindness. In the name of Jesus. And regardless of what you need to repent of today, there are people here that love you and support you. And you can share, or as much or as little as you're comfortable with, but we are standing behind you in the name of Jesus. So we'll see you next week. Feel free to drop those connection cards in the back box. Again, we're not in a hurry. We'd love for you to come forward, spend time in prayer. God is good. Amen. See you next week.